Welcome to the Zen of Everything, a Zen take on life, love, laughter, and everything else. With Jundo Cohen, a real Zen master. That's me. And Kirk McElhern, that's me, a guy who knows a bit about Zen. Good morning, Roshi. How are you today? Very good, Ed. We have a celebration. Yes, let's let's raise our glasses and drink to what are we celebrating? It's our hundredth anniversary episode. One hundred episodes. Just think about that. But we should really. This is Buddhism. We should have really waited to one hundred and eight because that's the Buddhist number. Shh. We're gonna have another one when we get to one hundred and eight. Oh, okay. We're gonna have another one when we get to one hundred and eight. Th- this is the Western anniversary. And then the Dharma anniversary is 108. And we, we've made it. I didn't think, frankly, we were going to make it to 10. And uh, maybe some of our listeners uh, didn't think we were going to make it uh, this far. But we're here. And uh, we're here. We, 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 we've done it thanks to you. Well, thank you. But thanks to you also, because I couldn't have done this alone. I couldn't have done this without your erudition and vast knowledge of Buddhist philosophy and history. Oh, poo-poo. You have the patience of a Zen master. And let me tell you why. Okay. After a hundred episodes, I barely can get the camera and the microphone working or figure out what time I'm supposed to be here with all the time changes. And you are so patient. Well, I'm the one who always freaks out. Yeah, it's true. To be fair, so you're doing this in the evening, your time. For me, it's the morning. So if you're late, I just go on and do my other work because I'm used to you being late, even though it doesn't happen that much in recent months. But for a while, you were often, let's just say, not prompt. The bit about the camera and the microphone, uh, we're getting better. But as I have told you many times, if you had a Mac, you wouldn't have these problems. Look, uh, the the thing is, with all due respect to Zoom, they give you 15 microphone choices and I got to go one by one to figure out which is the right one. It's not my fault. But... Well, actually, those choices come from your Windows computer. And the fact that you've had so many different things connected and your computer still remembers them and shows them to Zoom. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our 100th and last episode, because Kirker and I are about to have the big fight over the microphone. But anyway, I want to... We're not going to fight over the microphone. I find it amusing, frankly. I, 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 From the bottom of my heart, I do want to thank you. The idea for this was you. The most of the work, I just sit here and babble for 20 minutes, and then you spend the rest of the week somehow piecing it together, making it somehow sound uh, reasonable and, and uh, s- something for the, the listeners. You, you fix all kinds of bloops and bleeps. You, you, you do the sound, plus you're incredibly patient. I just want to say thank you, Kirk. There would be no Zen. What do we call this? I, after 100 episodes, you think I would remember everything. the name. Zen of the no Zen, Zen of, of everything. everything yes Zen there would be no Zen of everything without you sir thank you thank you Roshi I'm humbled so what do we talk about today nothing we have learned nothing that was our episode actually three <laughs> back right that Zen is about learning and knowing nothing we that we are very good at doing all these episodes about nothing it's like Seinfeld a show about nothing where uh, 
Never seen an episode, but we've gone through that before. Actually, we often talk about TV series either before or after recording the podcast. Maybe we should do an episode about our favorite TV series. No, let's not do that. Well, that Succession, that's what you got to be watch, watching now, yeah. which is the opposite of Buddhism. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's if all if the, you want to know what not to do, watch Succession. It's all about hate and greed and uh, dishonesty. Uh, it's yeah. the opposite of, of, of Buddhism. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But we're not going to talk about TV series. My thought was, let's talk about what we've learned in 100 episodes. not learned about podcasting, because I do this all the time. But what we've learned about explaining the Dharma. And life and the universe. Now, you've been, doing, you've been explaining the Dharma for a long time, but there's something different about the podcast dynamic than when you're just talking to your camera on YouTube and there's no one interacting with you, right? The one thing we have proven, or I should say Asterix attempted to prove, because some people may have doubts about this, is that Buddhism and Zen can be funny. I mean, at least that's what we were shooting for. Yes. Right? Yes, exactly. It, it's got such a dour image. Yes. All these guys dressed in black, sitting around, not moving. Talking about, you know, life and death and, uh, yeah, there is no self. It, it sounds so bleak. And uh, it's not. The universe is a, here we go, a cosmic joke. Yes, the universe is a cosmic joke. And in some ways, comedy can get profound ideas across better than seriousness. Uh, before we started, you were talking about the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and you've caught up to the current season. Now we're talking about TV again. I know, right? But because it's comedy, it can do things that another series can't, right? It it can approach ideas in a different way because they're kind of softened when there's humor around them. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. The universe is a cosmic joke, and we are the punchline. Ooh. Ooh, I don't even know what that means. Ooh, that's a good one. But I'm well, gonna, it's, it's pretty good, huh? <laughs> sounds sounds like a Johnny Carson joke, yeah, you know, that sort of thing. I guess I guess what we've learned from doing this is that humor can be serious, and that it's also that there's a way to get across complex ideas in a simple manner. Because again, the difference between you just talking to your camera, you know the Zen master on his little throne giving the talk to the people. By the way, people can't see. They don't know that all these episodes, I am sitting on a throne. Yes. We won't... Uh, with, a, with, a, with a great golden hat. Yeah. Like the they Dalai Lama that. has that funny shit We, we should hat. put a picture up later, yes. Yeah. But what's different about this sort of approach is it's a give and take, and you're getting instant feedback when you say something. When you're talking to your YouTube camera, no one's listening until after you've posted it and people see the video. I know you edit this, but let me tell you, if Zen is about spontaneous, uh, what they would call uh, a Dharma combat, yeah, right, going back and forth with no preparation and just turning the microphone on and what comes out, comes out. <laughs> and, and okay, you have cut out a few things that were just, you know, disaster. Okay, granted. Yeah. But hey, yeah. I bet you the original koans, when they had the Dharma combat, they put him. They wrote him down. There was a Kirk who kind of edited it. Oh, wait a second. He said, "What is uh, does a a dog have Buddha nature?" And the guy said, "Dog poo." No, no, we're not going with that. Cut it out, <laughs> right? You're you're the you know. Even then, they had editors. Well, this guys, this is what you get. This is real dharma combat between Kirk and me. And how much do you actually cut out? I never asked you. 
Uh, I don't cut a lot. Every once in a while, you get flustered and something doesn't work, so I have to stop while you're reconnecting things. So that I cut out. I actually cut out occasionally some of the things that I say that I don't think are up to the level of what you're saying, but not that often. I would say in the average episode, I cut out a minute or two minutes of we flubbed a word and started a sentence over that sort of thing. We've spoken over each other and it didn't really make sense. I I mean, I can cut out one voice when we're speaking over each other, but sometimes it doesn't sound right if you're not hearing both voices, if that makes sense. Um, so I don't cut a lot in generally. I, I assume you don't cover, cover, cut, 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 I'm doing it right now. Cut this out later. But I'm yeah. doing it really. This was not planned. I'm stuttering right now. I won't cut that out. Uh, I, we usually record about 29 minutes and it usually ends up about 28 minutes or something like how How long is that episode? Mm, we record, I want to say 27, 28 minutes average and it ends up around 25. Last episode was different because... It it was only about 21. Uh, I, I like my podcast to be about a half hour long. And this is for all the podcasts that I do. Uh, I think that people have difficulty staying connected for a long time. I, I heard, I think it was John Cleese in an interview I heard um, last year. He was talking about when they made their first film. What was it called? I forget the first Monty Python film, which was a series of sketches, right? And they noticed that after about 45 or 50... But he's going to fix that in the edit later. Don't worry. Uh, he's going to put yeah. in the correct name of the film like he can remember. So they noticed that people, after about 45 or 50 minutes, they just stopped laughing. So they said, okay, we've got to rearrange the order of the sketches in the film. And they did it, and they did more test screenings. And they noticed that after 45 or 50 minutes, people stopped laughing. And they tried again, and the same thing happened. And they realized that you just can't laugh for more than about 45 or 50 minutes that things just aren't funny that long. And this could be why sitcoms on TV are usually half hours instead of hours, like dramas. And and for podcasts, I feel that people tune out if it's too long for that sort of thing. So for me, a half hour is a sweet spot. You can listen to it on your commute, even if you have a short commute. You can go for a run or a walk or whatever and still listen to it. You don't have to leave it in your podcast player queue because it's too long for what you're doing. Right. Well, the other reason that the television shows are getting shorter is because of this thing called advertising. I, I noticed that I watched this show. We are going to talk about it again. Law and Order. I watched Law and Order season 226, whatever the latest one that came out. And the episodes used to be 50 minutes long and they're down to 42 minutes. And can I tell you, 42 minutes is too short to have an investigation and a trial. But let's leave that aside. It is. It's 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 true that um, I think it's 22 for half hours and 42 for hours. And it didn't used to be like that. It's no. in the past 10 years. And and that's one of the good things about the TV series on the streaming services, that they're not set to a fixed time, that they can be a few minutes longer and a few minutes shorter. I don't want to get into streaming versus broadcast TV. I just wanted to, to compliment you because the reason we don't have sponsors, there are two reasons. Who the heck would sponsor this, right? Well, actually, yeah, there are three reasons. That- Three reasons. Second off, we're not in this for commercial reasons. No. No, I might take you know, a sponsor for a charity, but we wouldn't charge them anything. Yeah. And the other thing, the other thing is you do this basically out of the goodness of your heart. Now, there's you know, some minor expenses. I think we bought you scotch tape or something once, you know, or a few things. <laughs> Every year, you know, you have some, you need bandwidth. We get you a little bandwidth, something like that. But basically, you do this hours and hours and hours out of the goodness of your heart. 
So thank you there. Well, don't exaggerate. It takes about an hour to edit an episode. Uh, some episodes are even quicker. If you talk a lot, it's quicker because you're good at talking. So I don't have to cut out a lot. If there's more no, give and let's take. Let's be honest with the folks. Let, let's tell you write all the scripts every week <laughs> and I just read them. Let's just be honest about this. So when do I become a Roshi? No, it, it, it really it, it's really relatively simple. If there's a lot of give and take like this episode, it's harder because <clears throat> see, I just coughed. I'm not going to edit that out. I'm going to I'm going to do very little editing for this episode. When there's a lot of give and take, it's harder. You have to get the timing right. The one thing I do with you, you have a habit of speaking slowly, leaving long pauses between your phrases. I do not. So often I shorten those long pauses uh -huh. to make it, to keep the rhythm going. Yeah, my wife. And I'm going to tell you a secret. My wife when and I our edit love the life, podcast, she complains about the same. No, that's all. Okay. Cut that out. Cut that out. Nope. No, it's not cutting anything. It. Okay. And I'll tell you a secret. When I edit, I edit with the speed increased about 30%. That's what my wife because... said too. <laughs> Be because a lot of people listen to podcasts with the speed increased. And I want to make sure that people can listen with the speed increased. So I kind of judge the timing of the pauses to fit that sort of speed. It also makes it quicker for me to edit. Well, thank you. It, it, it saves about a third of the time. But it takes about an hour to edit an episode, post it, uh, prepare the, you know, the, the blog post and everything like that. Because I have to tell you, the number of episodes we've done where I've thought, oh, this week, I don't know, did, did, what, did, will it come across? And, and then when, when it, you present it, somehow it comes across. And, 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 and I want to thank you. But... I also want to say I want to thank the universe, because that's what this podcast is about. All we've been talking about, if you ask me, is wisdom and insight into things like, uh, you know, the little questions. Why are we here? What's the best way to lead life? Uh, what are the poisons of our heart, like greed, anger, and ignorance, and how to get past those? Uh, what do you do in this complicated modern world? We deal with the small subjects, the unimportant things here. And, uh, well, I think for our next hundred episodes, we need to get serious and deal with the big questions. Yeah, we deal we deal with a lot of silly stuff too. But if you notice, if I may say, this was your idea. Even while we're dealing with the silly stuff and what seems like small stuff, or just joking around about TV and and uh, all the, you know, whatever it is we're talking about, there's always a little serious Zen here. This is real Zen, real Buddhism. We're not we're not watering it down. I think you agree. I agree, because there's only the two of us. That who else needs to agree? I think we can agree that <laughs> we've been serious in this podcast, and we have not sold it short. I'm patting us both on the back here. Some of my podcasts, there is a planned topic, or there's a guest, right? Wow. But others, I like to say it's just two guys in a pub. So two people talking and we get into a conversation and you can edit it. You find the point to begin and you can edit it. So I think I'm going to call this episode Two Guys in a Zen Pub. Well, it because is. Because in a way, this it is, exactly. People can't see this, that actually I'm sitting on my gold <laughs> throne in a pub and talking to Kurt. Yeah. It's a bit early for me to be in the pub because, you know, it's currently, what, 20 after 11 here in the UK. I do have a single malt here. Um, by my side. I, I have my apple juice. I was, I was telling everyone, I have to get a little serious for a moment again. Yes. I just hit my five-year mark. I had the uh, a camera down the nose today. 
I want to encourage all our listeners to do that. Save my life. I want you to do that too. But for that reason. Okay, but don't do it yourself. Don't do it yourself. No, get someone, <laughs> ask your, your friend to do it or actually find a doctor is even better. But uh, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sitting here drinking my apple juice, but we were commenting uh, that you don't drink before Zazen and you don't drink before a podcast. Right. Exactly. A little after in moderation. A little after is fine. I'm a Japanese yeah. Buddhist. It's okay. Yeah. In moderation. In summer, if I'm doing a podcast late afternoon, a couple of my podcasts, because I do podcasts with people in different parts of the world, right? Japan, people on the West Coast US, East Coast US. In the summer, if it's hot and it's late afternoon, I'll drink a small bottle of cider. I, and by cider here, we mean cider with alcohol. I think that's actually one of the the good things we've done in this podcast is to present it as down to earth. Yes. I'm patting us on the back again. Now, again, people from... We're not perfect, though. No one expects me to be perfect. You're the Roshi. You're supposed I to be perfect. perfect. But we no, all know you're perfect. not perfect. Yeah. No, that's a given. But uh, people from Thailand to China would be a little scandalized by some of the things we talk about. Yeah. But we have talked very honestly. Japanese Buddhists have sex. Ah, okay. Now that was no the bite you could hear my throat. It sounded like I was a, a pervert in the back of a movie theater. I meant to say <laughs> you can, we make love. All right? Yes. Again in moderation. In moderation. And again, my wife would say sometimes there could be a little less moderation, but okay. But we drink a little, right? We I have kids. It's fine. We live a modern life. The the whole thing this podcast is about is how to bring the ancient wisdom of Buddhism into modern life, which it, with all its complexities, people with jobs, people, you know, with a, a family and, and uh, a car in the garage and all that. How do you mesh the two? Have we succeeded in answering those questions? No. What do you think, Kurt? I, I don't think we can ever answer all the questions, but what we can do is take a few steps down the path toward understanding how to answer some of the questions. Does that make sense? I, I think it makes total sense. We're all wrestling with it. It's a big question. Yeah. Where does Buddhism fit in the modern yeah. world? And we, and we see it on the Tree Leaf Forum. Um, someone posted a question about a marriage that's not in, extremely happy. And this is the kind of thing, Zen isn't just about, you know, koans and does the dog have Buddha nature. It's about us navigating the ups and downs of life. Well, the Buddha had a good answer for what to do with an unhappy marriage. Well, he ran away from his. Yes, yeah, so start your own religion. That's what's basically <laughs> his answer. I mean, and, and Dogen was also uh, hanging out with the boys, you know, in the monastery. Yeah. But now in modern times, this, this is, by the way, comments like that, which I, I, I say we do a lot of, are, are scandalous. I think in, in some traditional yes, Buddhist yeah. countries, I could actually get stoned for saying some of the things yeah. we say on this podcast. But it's true. The Buddha was about uh, basically celibacy for his monks, and then the people outside, of course, uh, were in the world. Uh, Dogen was mostly about monastics, but now we're trying to bring serious Buddhism out to the world, and uh, it's hard. You say that this would be scandalous in some Buddhist countries. But what about the United States? All the Zen podcasts I've ever listened to are so serious and so earnest. Uh, we don't want to talk about the competition, do we? There's no competition. <laughs> We're all, no, that, that was a, a terrible expression. We're all in this together. And, 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 and I just was talking to someone this week 
about what is the best way to present Zen. And I will get in the same day sometimes people who will say, Jundo, you're too irreverent. Jundo, you're too traditional and respectful. Jundo, you're too American and Yankee. Jundo, yeah. you're too Japanese. Jundo, you're too yeah. dirty talking. Jundo, come on, why don't you let loose a little more? You're too, uh, you're being too uh, mindful of what's coming out of your mouth. It's a, it's, it's a middle way we're seeking here. I hope our podcast has found that middle way. And even if we find that middle way, we're still going to offend 30% of the people. Hmm. I, I've often found that the good Dharma teachers are truculent, like the Dalai Lama, like some of the Zen teachers, that they're serious until they're not. And when they're not serious, you kind of wonder if they're being tricky. But that humor is really important in life in general. We can't be dour all the time. Yeah, but the Dalai Lama really recently got in trouble for that, didn't he? You know? He did. And he, he's got a little the, boy. Yeah. He's got a little boy there. I don't think it was anything more than like a, a little grandpa, like saying, pinch my cheek, touch my nose, you know, bite my tongue. He didn't mean anything. And people are saying, oh, the Dalai Lama is the symbol of world peace. He, he, he has brought more joy to the world. And he's a pedophile. What is that? What is that? Well, it's a Tibetan tradition to stick out your tongue in greeting to other people. Yeah, well. So he was just making a joke. He was making a grandpa joke and people jumped yeah. all over him. You know, if you're the Dalai Lama and people will not even cut you a little slack, <laughs> the benefit of the doubt. For one bad thing you say, you're in trouble. I had this at tree leaf. I tried to say something. Somebody said, oh, you said it slightly the wrong way. And I, I had to apologize. I look back at it. And, and you, you have to watch everything. One of the things about this podcast I love is you don't, we don't watch very much. What goes, <laughs> what, what is said is said. Okay. Except if I edit something out. Every once in a while, you say something, you say, no, edit that out. But it's rare. It's rare. I think only when I gave my social security accidentally online, my social security number accidentally online once, something like that. Yeah. No, but every once in a while. But it's true that, but we know how to self-censor in a way, right? We know what to say. I mean, you, you've been giving Dharma talks for eons, right? Right. I, I've done, I don't know, more than a thousand podcast episodes as host or co-host. So You have five other podcasts. I'm, You're great. Yeah, I'm familiar with the rhythm of a podcast and how to do this and what to say and what not to say. You're familiar with the rhythm of a Zen talk and what to say and what not to say. Well, you get a sweet spot. It's like a pitcher throwing a ball, all right? Mm. I, you get a sweet spot and you talk from the heart and you just toss it and it just comes naturally. I'm not saying I'm not the most brilliant speaker ever, ever. One of the things I, I, I like to think about the old guys back in the old days, we only have their written word, is they really could be edited. Because who knows what they were saying yeah. in real life and somebody later yeah. edited it up. What you're hearing here is, or if I put something on YouTube, that's going to be there, you know, forever. And if you really went back and listened to it, I'm not sure what's coming out of my mouth every second. But I, I will tell you, it's all sincere. I don't, I don't come here and, and try to you know, just sound like, I, I really like to explain what we're talking about. And this is, I think we've also shown the one thing. People said Zen is beyond explaining. You can't explain. You can explain a lot. And it can be comprehensible. That doesn't mean it's all to be intellectual. You have to experience this stuff. 
but you can explain this in, in simple terms quite often. What do you think? And that doesn't mean that the explanations are sufficient in and of themselves, but that they can lead people to an understanding that is beyond explanation. Oh, they can lead people to the direction they need to go. Right. In order to find out for themselves. Do we have any audio recordings of not current Zen teachers, but people like Koto Sawaki or Uchiyama to know how they spoke? I know we have the famous um, Gudo Nishijima bootleg album, The Dish Rack Teachings, which I'll link to in the show notes. But do we have any of these off-the-cuff type of discussions from any of these people? Obviously, they would still be filtering themselves if, let's say, they're recorded on the radio. But do we know how they spoke? They did find from Dogen in the 13th century the lost studio tape. Did you hear about that? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. Gonna, those are going to come out uh, sometime. They yeah. actually do. They're in, trying in to clean sense. up the audio quality because they had really low-resolution audio equipment back in the 13th century. They actually did, in a sense, because they found like some of his most famous pieces are actually six or seven different versions with lots of cross-outs and interlineations yeah. and that kind of thing. We do have some of the rewritten, re-edited versions. So even someone like Dogen can say, let me just say something profound now about time and space. <laughs> no, let me go back and change that. Let me go back later and change that about uh, there is no later. And he, he would do it. So we do sometimes have these different versions, and some scholars have a good time going back and forth, seeing what Dogen crossed out or his secretary crossed out. Because mm. he said, no, that doesn't work. Koto Sawaki, yeah, there are tapes. Do now he's talking yeah. in uh, in uh, gruff. He was pretty gruff, and he's talking in Osaka dialect of Japanese from the early 20th century. So it, it's a little hard to get. But no, we got we got uh, Koto Sawaki at least a, a few hours of him because he sounds like someone from his writings. He sounds like someone who might be truculent when speaking. Is that the case? Because he was uh, often truculent when writing. Yes. Yeah. No, he pulled no punches. He 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 was he grew yeah. up in the slums. We've spoken about him. He grew up in the slums. Yeah. He was his he was adopted by a gambler and a prostitute. He grew up in this terrible house where he was basically received no education. Somehow it got off to a monastery, became very serious about Zen. But uh no, he talks like uh, you were talking about truck drivers. He talks like a truck driver. No, I said truculent. Oh not truculent. Truck or oh, he's a truculent truck yeah. driver. <laughs> Okay, we're near the end of this podcast. How do we how are we going to wind this up? Because we have another eight episodes to go until we get to the next sort of landmark, right? You did break one promise to me. Oh no. You said by this point that we would be purchased by a major network. Uh we would be uh <laughs> we would have We would be syndicated. We would be syndicated. <laughs> we would be rolling in the cash. And uh, it has yet to happen. I thought we would be like morning drive time or something, but uh, no. <laughs> well, that's life, right? That's life. What, what's that great Zen expression? That's the way the cookie crumbles? Uh, yes, it sounds really good. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe in iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Please give us a rating. Tell your friends. You can check out past episodes at our website, zen-of-everything.com. Thanks for listening.